I'm thinking it was the one we did with Joe. Cause I know oh, the creative of, process one, probably. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it was that one. I'm not sure. Um, but they're like, yeah, I came across that podcast and listened to it. And they were like, you just really motivated me to say, like, I can do this and to just go for it. Damn. And I was like, holy fuck, that, that <laughs> is like, that is what I want from any type of creative art, anything. It's like, I want to, I want people to be like, man, like, I can do this too. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, it's an inclusive thing. Oh, for um, sure. That's a hundred percent. You know the best feeling i think you can get is just people you, you just filling a gap in someone you know mm-hmm. what i mean or like helping them fill that gap on their own hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of feeding curiosity i'm your host eric wenzel as always and welcome to feeding curiosity where we explore the precarity of human experience and we challenge ourselves and each and every one of you to think question and synthesize wherever your curiosity takes you bam that's a new sentence right there (laughs) and i figured it out Alrighty, i really like that one anyways we're joined once again by jordan chris today's episode is a little bit different than it's we go deeper into how jordan creativity has evolved throughout his life and where it's come from, basically. We are dissecting the muse, so to speak. And muse is just my fancy way of hitting the microphone. Um, talking about where creativity and how we channel creativity. And so this conversation was really, really fun to take a deeper dive of, of how Jordan explains where his process comes from. And we barely scratched the surface, I think, on more, mostly his music side of the spectrum. And there's still much more to get into on the writing and storytelling aspects. So expect more down the road. And as a closing reminder, we do close with thoughts on the last season of Game of Thrones. We've been meaning to talk about this for a while. And we weren't going to talk about it. And then we just pulled the trigger and said, screw it. We're already on the topic. So we just kind of went for it. So this is your second spoiler if you read the show notes as well. So spoiler everybody if you... It's not well past due since it was Game of Thrones. So if you care, then you probably already watched it. So here is my conversation with Jordan Chris. Boom. Welcome back to Feeding Curiosity. Join again with Jordan Chris. What's up? What's good? Fixture on the show. Basically co-host at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a, we got to do like a. A feeding curiosity takeover. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, where we interview you the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that lately, honestly. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, yeah. We got to do a role reversal. Yeah, we should do that. <laughs> like me, Joe, and Mike or something. Yeah. That'd be dope. That'd be fun. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, today's podcast, what we wanted to do, and I had this idea because we kind of been circling all around these super creative ideas. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I've been reading about lately is like, the qualities it takes to be a good learner. So there's a there's this book called Range, and it's called, the subtitle is Why Generalists Succeed in a Specialized World. And one of the chapters I just read was kind of talking about how there's this uh, Johannes Kepler. He's a, a astrophysicist or astronomer, mm-hmm. and he came up with a whole bunch of scientific theories and basically started a whole new realm of astronomy. But his reason he gave was able to come up with stuff was all around drawing analogies and being able to look at problems and be like, oh, that seems similar to this thing, and then just kind of take it all over the place and then finally build enough analogies that he could then create his own theory. Hmm. And so that kind of drove me to look at 
our group of friends and people who've been on the show mm-hmm. to think about what are the qualities that we all carry because we're all really we all share similar interests but we all are following our own little paths yeah. on stuff and then by having this podcast we can feed off of each other right and draw analogies basically right. <laughs> and so i was kind of like trying to sum up each one of you guys at least the core group of you guys and yeah. see what do you guys do or what's like your quote unquote thing right and i was like jordan is like this creative storyteller and it's and it's through cuz you have like three different avenues right now it's yeah. like writing in general right is kind of like the 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 foundational part of it yeah and then you have music which was before right and then now and then now you're doing your screenwriting and screenplays so right. it's like that's why i wanted to say creative cuz it's not just re- writing it's a mm-hmm. creative storytelling it's creative like, writing yeah yeah so you're trying to draw your own creativity through stories you tell or emotional impact right and so I don't know where you want to take it from there. Oh, jeez. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot to go from there. Yeah. And we'll try to do it best we can to... Yeah. To, to get to the bottom yeah. of this. Because yeah. <laughs> um, I don't even know if you've ever would have thought about that in that way. No, I, I do. I've thought, like, it kind of hit me when I started doing the screenplays, I would yeah. say. Because I'd never expected to be into that as much as I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm almost... It's weird. I'm almost into that more than I'm into music i don't know if that's fair to say wow (laughs) that's pretty (laughs) it's weird like i guess so music is more more of a rush Mm -hmm. i'll say you know what i mean like from like in the moment yeah in the moment and then just like at the at the pinnacles of what you're doing so like when you when you either write like a really good line you Mm -hmm. know what i mean you're like oh that was so sick like it's like (laughs) the adrenaline's high and then like when you finish a song you're like this it's because there's there's so many songs at least me personally that i'll write that I'll never see the light of day. I have like yeah. hundreds of songs that I'll just never put out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And maybe I'll use like a verse from that song. Let's yeah, say somewhere the song else. is three verses. Yeah, I'll just be like, or if someone's like, hey, do, do a freestyle. I'll just recite that verse because like I'm not the best at coming up with stuff at the top of my head because mm-hmm. I like to organize it and like uh, really okay. figure out what I'm saying. Where yeah. when you just go off the top of your head, half the shit you say is stupid. You yeah, know it doesn't what I mean? have a flow to it or just kind yeah. of like what rhymes, yeah. like the easy stuff. Yeah, some people are better than others, but yeah, generally. So, um, so yeah, so the rush from that when you actually get the song and you're like, man, this is a dope song. This is awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then you go to the studio and then you actually put it down and then like you hear it and then it just sounds good because mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, man, it's just something's not working. Yeah. So then it doesn't work or whatever, but then it works. You're like, oh, this is sick. I can't wait to release it. Mm-hmm. Then you release it and then you get good feedback. <laughs> so and then like all the way to the performance when you perform it, and it's like there's just so many high points with music that give you this like it's, it's like layered feedback almost yeah yeah it's like it keeps what what's the word i want to use um it keeps like validating itself mm-hmm. you know what i mean like over and it over and momentum. over again yeah um and that's sick and i feel like there's nothing really i feel like music is the one avenue that that happens at so many different levels you know what i mean mm-hmm. um just because there's so many different mediums from when the song starts so even the beat production which i don't produce yeah but even from there it's like it starts there from whoever produced this song being like, oh, this beat is dope. And yeah. He has to hook up with the right rapper. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like there's so many levels where it like just kind of validates itself until it's like, wow, this is a big thing. And mm-hmm. I got to perform this in front of hundreds of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that that's music where. Quick question before we move away from music. Yeah. Can you tell like what the beat or how it's going to like there's a difference between writing the song, just mm-hmm. the lyrics part of it, and right. then what it's going to sound like with the beat 
or other whatever other music is required. Mm-hmm. Can you tell that before, or do you have to kind of match the song to the music, if that makes sense? Is there, like, you, a pairing? Yeah, so... Okay, so, well, personally, I'll... Yeah, this is all first. about your... Yeah, yeah, the beat comes first for me. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'll either, you know, go online and find a beat and buy it, or, mm-hmm. like, I'll hook up with a producer like TJ or uh, Emmy or something like that, um, and kind of pick what I think fits my like artistry yeah if that makes sense there's certain beats that i'm like that's just not me like it th- yeah. it's not like that's a sick beat but not something i would You're like i don't know how to use that yeah, yeah yeah or maybe if it was like me as a feature on it or something but like for my song it's not the route i want to go at least in this headspace currently if yeah that makes sense because it always it's always changing right. and growing and adapting um which is crazy because i mean the more you listen and i'm a music nerd so like, <laughs> like i just love there's like i say i joke that i don't like country but I really don't, but <laughs> just, there's like so few few songs that I enjoy from country, but it's not that I don't like country as a whole. I just haven't, I guess, dove into it deep enough Yeah, like, to be fair. Um, but like music is so dope to me and I just love, I love Spotify now. I recently switched. Yeah. Over. I noticed that on your, on your uh, <laughs> yeah. Instagram. Yeah. I'm loving Spotify. I'm so, I'm mad at myself that it took me this long to switch over, but I'm loving every part of it. Like it's, it is a, per- so Apple Music is more user-friendly. Yeah. I'm not trying to bash. They're both great. But Apple Music's more user-friendly. It's kind of just plug and play, and you kind of, you know, here's your it's, library. It seems this. more ar- artist-centric, if I had to guess. I would almost say Spotify is, I No, think. you're right. I don't know why. Like, it just seems more... I think Spotify does a way better job curating, like, yeah. feels. Yeah. Yes, exactly. You know? And, <laughs> and it's weird because, like... I've I don't think I've ever found this many songs and like I've only had Spotify for a week and my playlist is already or my like full you know collection of songs yeah things you at, like, like and stuff like that yeah it's already at like twenty five thousand I've only had it oh my week. god dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah like not even I can look at the exact yeah. number later but it's it's close to that if not I think there. I have like just over a thousand songs liked yeah dude literally I'm just like 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 you know what I mean? <laughs> every song you play it's yeah. like oh damn yeah, and it's awesome because it's like you so like I'm really into Sabrina Claudio right now mm-hmm. um really nice like R and B singer um kind of neo soul almost something like that mm. um. That's but, interesting. So, like, I'll play her album, and it'll go through, like, three or four of her songs, and then translate into artists that they think I'll like based on what I'm mm-hmm. listening to. And I'm like, that is so sick. Apple Music doesn't really do that, and if it does, I just haven't found it. Yeah. I don't think it did anything like that, <clears throat> where I had to actively be looking for new music mm-hmm. on Apple Music. And it was kind of tough. I know I'm tangenting now, but it's no, kind of tough because... I mean, if something just doesn't catch your eye the right way, like, because it's a whole bunch of artists you've never heard of, you know what I mean? So right. it's like, and especially if you can look at like how many monthly plays they get, like, well, they only got like, you know, a couple thousand right. monthly plays. You're like, I don't right. know about this. Right. And so it, it's tough. I don't even think Apple Music shows you their plays, to be honest. I think they just have the popularity thing, right? Yeah. Of, like certain tracks. Yeah. And then it shows you like what they're listening to, whoever they yeah. are. <laughs> you know, if what they I mean? even put that. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, so it's really selective like you mm-hmm. really and just realistically i'm not going to click on every single album no way ever <laughs> you know what i mean like that's, you're going to give a couple songs a chance and if yeah. it doesn't hit you you're right. just not going to stay <laughs> right and where spotify is nice because it just kind of rolls right through and it's like oh mm-hmm. that was cool but maybe you didn't like it that much so you just you know let it go through and then there's one and you're like oh who is this and then well, you like it and then three songs later that artist comes up again and you're yeah. like, oh this person's dope who is this oh it's that guy again yeah they three do a really later. good job of uh 
So I don't know if you've done this before yet, but if you like a song, you can start a, a radio around that songs. specific song. No, just that specific song. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't so, know that. so and you can do the of you can do of artists, albums, or songs. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. So it'll so that's what Spotify is all about is this algorithm stuff where right. it'll, the fact that you like more things, it's going to be able to get better and better at finding new things for you or similar things to what you already like. Uh, right. And then. Every Monday, you'll have a new discovery playlist of about 20, 30 songs. Oh, really? Oh, that'll be tomorrow. Yeah. So every <laughs> Monday, you get new songs. It's called your Dis- Discovery Weekly. Right. Every Friday, you get your new release radar. So it looks at what songs you already would like, artists right. you follow specifically, or other things that you might like, mm-hmm. and then it makes another playlist around just new releases. That's badass. Yeah. I love Spotify. <laughs> they are Sponsor doing us. Like, yeah. Like, honestly, <laughs> like... I couldn't have thought of a better system. It's a really good system. Yeah. It's gotten way better over time. Yeah. And so I'm actually, I've had some people ask me to do this, but I'm actually making uh, several playlists now. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I'm focusing on just because it's the season kind of is the summer vibes. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. So I'm going to make that kind of like my spin on what I feel like yeah. I would want to hear during summer. Not necessarily the, the hits and stuff yeah. that come out. Summer, if you, you have know? the desktop app, mm-hmm. you can make a embedded code. And we can embed it onto the website. Oh, really? have this running playlist thing of your, of all That'd your, sick. you know, Jordan's tra- yeah. tracks or something like that, or top playlists, and right. make it a ever reoccurring blog post. Yeah, and another thing that's <laughs> cool, I won't, I won't say who's doing it, but one of my friends um, recently is talking to someone, so they're you know getting to the stage of being in a relationship. Who knows if it'll gotcha. pan out or not? But they're at the beginning stages, and something I thought was really cool and like different is. They're really, they're both really into music. Mm-hmm. So they were like, "Hey, I want you to listen to the song. I'll make you a play or these songs. I'll make you a playlist." And then the other person was like, "Well, why don't we just share a playlist over and Spotify add- and we'll just add the songs that we want each other to listen to?" That's kind of so, cool. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Right? I'm like, "Yo, that's so dope." I know. I always see the collab on there, but I never use it. Right. I think that's so. But we should do that because, like, and, you know, Ben has you know his genre and stuff. Yeah, and we actually always, should do that, right? Like, he's always like, "Oh, you listen to this band," and it may be someone I'm not like keen to or anything like mm-hmm. that. But it'd just be cool to be like, add what you want in that playlist, and we can kind of see what we're listening to and stuff like that. It's really dope. That should be really cool. Um, <laughs> through music, you learn a lot about people. I, I think, dude, like it's crazy. That's one of my favorite questions to ask people. Um, is to ask like, what are your top five songs or top right. five artists or something like that because if you have an artist that usually is like your favorite of all time there's a really emotional reason behind it right and if you can listen to their favorite song at the very least you can learn a lot about either the f- mental mental place that person is in or was in when because it's their favorite song right and i, I don't know it's like one of those things you can like pull, peel back a whole bunch of layers from yeah from within the music to figure out about people. Yeah. It tells you something about yeah. everyone. And so with Alex, it took me a while cause she, she lo- like loves music. She's mm-hmm. more of like casual. So she like really likes everything more or less. Yeah. Um, but she's just now kind of figuring who she is like, Oh, this is my favorite artist. So yeah. hers are Daniel and she can elaborate on this further, but um, hers are Daniel Caesar. Okay. Um, Tosh, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Billie Eilish was a new one. Really? Surpri- yeah. That is Billie Eilish is freaking amazing. I don't know if you've... Not a whole lot. Dude, she's only 17, maybe 18. What the she's hell? She's young. young <laughs> I never would have thought that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that. I've been seeing her name around for a while now. Yeah, yeah, because her music's so mature. But um, she's a really good artist. And like even her older stuff before this album is like... 
like I never would like I almost forgot that that was her Mm -hmm. if that makes sense so that's another one of hers and um there's one more Sabrina Claudio she likes and some others but um after all that time I kind of been like well who's your favorite who's your favorite she's like I don't really have a favorite now I'm kind of see like even though I know her so well because we've been together for almost four years yeah um like I'm getting like a new depth and being like oh this is like where your headspace is you know in a creative aspect receptively um so I don't know. It's really cool. So That's I love super interesting. Yeah. So definitely need to get on that. Like, I just want to hear what everyone's listening to. You yeah. Know what I mean, whether I like it or not, who cares? It's not the point. Right. Um, That's kind of what it is for me right now too. Cause like, I'll get the songs like that's why I did the the track of the week yeah. <laughs> or track of the day. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I wonder what Jordan would say. Mm-hmm. And just kind of threw it up there. Responded real quick. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It just seems kind of fun to do that, yeah. you know? Because it's like one of those things that music is everywhere, and obviously it starts wars, quote unquote, yeah. <laughs> between yeah. people mm-hmm. when you start talking about artists and stuff like that. But right. that's like half the fun, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's just it's cool because there's this competition around it, which. Which, it's funny, because it's cool outside looking in, but when I was more active in music, yeah. hip-hop specifically, I hated that. It was like... Yeah, especially up-and-comer. It mm-hmm. reminds me of how when Rogan talks about old-school comedy, where it's like hmm. this zero-sum game of like, if I'm doing better than you, then you're stealing from me. Right. Or if you're new and you're doing better than me, and I've been doing this for X amount of years. hmm and I'm not going anywhere, and I get upset at you because you're, you know, this this young blood. Guy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never thought comedy would be like that, but... He said it's changed a lot now. Oh, really? Like, and he's part of that change because he tries not to be that way. Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, if he's you're good, he's going to help bring you up and right. whatnot. But that's how it was before. Gotcha. You know, th- this, like, famine mentality. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's interesting. I'm like, that, that's one of the things I actually wanted to ask you is if there is that kind of famine mentality... Yeah. For people. Yeah. Where everyone is like, no, 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 these are my things. Mm-hmm. Like, stay back. Especially, especially in hip hop and rap. Hmm. 100%. Just because it's so freaking oversaturated. Like, I was going to say, is, is it one of those things that, like, it's almost like entrepreneur? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's overused. Like, and It is. And you ha- you honestly have to be, if you're doing that, like, you, you have to create your own, like, artistry. Before mm-hmm. any like major label would look at you, you know, if yeah. that's your goal. Now it's now shifting towards people want to be more independent, which yeah. obviously is better money wise than just career growth. Um, yeah, because now you but, don't need a label, right? But a lot of times, even then, people will get distribution deals, which is different than like a record deal. Got it. So because these, you know, these companies obviously have insane networks right. to distribute through, which you like me, a single person never is going to be able to equate to that. Right, right. You know what I mean. Um. So it's it's crazy man because th- you you meet your people who are very like you know welcoming and they really do want to grow and build something yeah. more than themselves but that's I feel like that's so few and far between it's like out of all the shows I performed all the you know probably hundreds of different rappers I've met in one capacity or another yeah um whether friends in of person friends and or things d- like that yeah yeah it's just most of them are very like yeah, this is what I'm doing, and they like they tell you everything about themselves, and then walk off before they even ask you one thing about you. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's just it's so self centered, and not I don't think it's at a fault to anyone specifically. It's just how it is. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. Right. It's just because there's so like right now we probably know whether you actively think it or not, but you probably know at least twenty people who are trying to rap. I can think of at least five. Right. That I'm. 
probably every couple of months that I talk to. Yeah. And three of them are people that are pretty close to me. <laughs> right. right. So it's, it's crazy. And I mean, it's cool. It's cool. I like that it's accessible. Yeah. Which music should be accessible. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you look down here in this basement and we have almost everything we need to be right. able to record and produce our own songs. Right. It's so <laughs> sick. It's just the thing with rap is that it's such, there's so much money tied to it. And mm-hmm. there's like this, this imaginary goal of a, you know, of the finish line, which really isn't a finish line. It's like the starting point. Oh man. If that makes sense. You're, but You're touching right in what you wrote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's like, everyone has this goal and it's like, I feel like you're looking at it through like, tunnel vision and at the end oh, of the yeah. tunnel is only room for so many people especially from so many cities and it was like I mean? a pinhead thing too yeah realistically because yeah. you're trying to force you know how many people through a you know less than a garden hose <laughs> right. and it's, man it's so tough i i couldn't stand it like it was making me it was so toxic you know yeah what I, mean? and I, I could was, feel like a, at least for you from your kind of perspective because you like to share and talk about things mm-hmm. and feed off of each, each other's ideas a lot right that it could be a really draining environment to be in when you don't want to pretend like everything's a cold war yeah and i don't <laughs> want to have to pretend i'm some dope ass fucking dude <laughs> you know right. what I mean? like like just realistically i hate that mantra it's like yo i fucking watch anime bro <laughs> you know what i mean like the, which, the, the fake it till you make it kind of thing yeah, like i'm not i'm not about that at all which and like it's weird because anime is making its way into rap like really people, people yeah people will make music videos from anime clips got it okay and like just loop them around and put yeah. their song over so now now it's cool to watch anime fuckers <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but like i'm right. not this cool swagged out dude who wears jewelry and nothing like that and like yeah i'm not cocky at all i'm confident i'm not cocky yeah you know what I mean? there's a difference yeah i mean um, you, you definitely have a different stage presence than you do but that's comes with the territory. Yeah, and I had to learn that, you know. Right, what I mean? is it that something you just do? Yeah, my first <laughs> my first performance ever was was that at Western? It was at Western. Um, it was with the group. What's their? What was the name? Fuck, I'm gonna forget it. If you remember, we can put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna forget it. I have to ask uh, my roommate James Love, who's uh, one of my good friends still. But um, shout he, out. Yeah, he <laughs> he. When I came back from basic training. Um, my freshman year, I'd been rapping, and I was, like, the rapper in our dorm hall. Okay, so um, you had that, like, reputation. Yeah, and so people would be like, yo, show me what you're working on. There was this one dude, uh, Eddie, who used to always be like, yo, what you got, man? Like, let me hear it. You know what I mean? So i just, <laughs> rap, rap, like, rap him the raps I was working on, and yeah. he would be like, dude, that's so sick. And so that was, like, that feeded into me, because that's how I, like, how right. I like to work, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was just, like, I was putting out so many songs. I had, like, three notebooks filled and this was, like, kind of early on, but I had, like, three notebooks filled with songs and shit. And I was just like, yo, Eddie, I got a new one. And he'd come <laughs> that. He's like, that's so sick. And no beat. I'm just rapping. And right, you're just, room, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, so that was so fun. And then, so I went to basic training, came back my sophomore year. Um, and I lived in the on the same floor as one of my, James, one of my best friends. And he mm-hmm. was saying, oh, there's a group. I can't remember the name. Um, but it's, like, a rap group. And we put on performances and stuff around campus. And there's, like, dang eight to ten core people and then mm-hmm. you know it's open to oh, okay so it's kind of like a almost like an improv troupe kind yeah, of but yeah. for music yeah it was a club it was a club <laughs> okay like, cool you had yeah. your core people yeah you know um so we did that they put on a show um and i got on one of the slots because like so it was cool because the way they'd run it is you know the president of the group would come in and then like we would have exercises that mm-hmm. we would do to kind of make ourselves better and then we'd like read our raps you know, like rap out raps to each yeah. other and stuff like that. And people get feedback and they're like, all right, we're going to write raps about the word ocean. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you have a minute 
to write a rap. You know what I mean? So whatever you come up That's with in that cool. minute is what you have. So those exercises are good. They, like, keep you fresh on your feet and fresh yeah. and stuff like that. And then they would do, you know, um, freestyling ones and stuff like that. So a whole bunch of different stuff. So they, they were like, oh, this dude's good. This dude's pretty good. So then they put me on one of the shows. Um, and the only song I had at the time recorded was a remix to J. Cole's song Simba. This mm-hmm. is young J. Cole, so this was like, I think this song came out in like 2009 or 10. Oh, wow, okay, so... Yeah, so I got a hold of the instrumental and did a remix to it and did the performance. Never performed before in my life, never been, never even been to a concert at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, how am I the one on yeah. stage? <laughs> yeah, it was so... It was just me by myself, you know what I mean? No one was really... I mean, they, like, helped, but it was still, like, I had to figure it out. So I was like, all right, so it's so weird to think about how far I've come from that. <laughs> it's just like now that I'm remembering all of it, it's so weird. But like, I wish we had video right now just to see yeah, your face because you're like re-remembering it. Yeah, I think I can find one. I'd have to open up my Facebook again, but I think there is a video. Maybe, don't quote me, but I'll, I'll see if I can find it. <laughs> but um, so yeah, so like I just had the song. It was the song and I just played it and I was like, all right, well, play that. I'll get a mic and I'll just rap over the song playing, which is a huge no-no and I found that out later. You don't just, you can, you don't just rap over your song. You're like, no. <laughs> so I did that. I had on like some ugly-ass outfit to today's <laughs> standards. <laughs> um, and the only thing in my head, I was like, all right, don't mess up any words. Don't forget any words and be hype. <laughs> like, that was the only thing I thought. Of. Three, <laughs> three rules. Three rules. You know I mean? Don't break those rules. So I did just that. And it was weird because the venue, it was on campus, but it was in like an auditorium almost. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't packed. So it wasn't even, right. but everyone's sitting. So it wasn't even like it was oh, a packed weird. room of sitting people. It was like an empty room of sitting people. So it was like, like there was probably 20 people in the crowd and 10 of them were the other rappers in the group. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and then there was like 10 other people spread out in this big-ass auditorium. So all I'm looking at is empty seats in a face. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, shit, this is awkward. You're like, and 10 of you I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I was going out there, and I'm like, yeah, stand the fuck up. And everyone's like, woo. <laughs> and I was like, this is so, like, afterwards, I'm like, that was so awkward. But everyone's like, man, you're kind of hype, huh? You're hype. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> like, I just felt not me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was so weird. But that was the first one. <laughs> so The growing pains, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, fast forward, I did a lot kind of through Western and then we're doing shows in Bloomington and stuff like opening for Chris Webby and Dizzy Wright and stuff like that. So not huge artists, but national. Yeah. Artists. People recognize their names. Yeah. So we did that. Um, and over time I learned, you know, that you, you have to make a different edit of a song. It's a performance edit. You know what I mean? Got it. Where the only... Typically, the only, like, vocals that are in there is, mm-hmm. like, maybe the hook or the chorus. Mm-hmm. And, like, you have a backing track. So, like, so the way, I don't know if you know this, but, like, with rappers, a lot of times, like, what I used to do, I changed it now, but what I used to do is I would rap the song one way mm-hmm. and then rap it in, like, different vocal, with different vocal inflections. Oh, really? A second way, but, like, the whole song underneath it. And mm. then you can kind of just plug wherever like oh maybe this needs a little more emphasis here or there oh okay so you're kind of playing with the inflection a different like where the punch is supposed to be for different words exactly and then like i never really got into this but then you have like ad libs and shit like that Mm -hmm. um which is like the migos like yeah yeah okay (laughs) you know what i mean um i didn't really get into that but that backing track Mm -hmm. 
is the track that you might have playing. You know, because I mean? then it kind of comes in and out, and then like on certain points, it's like emphasized. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that does it kinda, like keep you in in like step with the song? Then? Yeah, that too. And then like say if you do forget a word, that comes in, and you're like, oh shit, and you don't. You, you know, know where I mean? you are. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, fast forward to that, and then you know, opening for Ti. Yeah. Completely different, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And then I learned um, Nate was kind of key to this. We're, we'll talk to him soon. Yeah, um, but he was key to saying like, "Oh, we need to like rehearse this and get a structure down and know this and that." Um, you know what I mean? Where before I was like, "Let's just get the song, the playlist, and mm-hmm. then we'll just go through it." But like we had a rehearse structure. Yeah, kind of knew where stuff was coming in and stuff like that. So made it really cool, um, and it was just yeah. kind of cool to see the growth. There's a lot of layers to that. It's it's always one of those things that's so crazy to me because. Your most songs are what two and a half minutes yeah. on average, mm-hmm. and to do all of that work just to one produce a song because yeah. it's so many layers. Mm-hmm. You know, you got the instrumentals, then the vocals, and then anything else that has to get layered on top of that. Right. But that's like one percent of what you actually do before that, because yeah. <laughs> like before that, it's like figuring out the lyrics and then whatever the instrumentals if you do it yourself or not i right. mean i'm assuming you guys are using like either pre-recorded beats or working with a guy who's making yeah. it yep. and so that's software in its own right so a whole nother skill set yeah <laughs> yeah it's just so many it's so crazy to me that how much of it how much of it goes and you probably could talk about this a little bit more but it's like how much of that work you have to put into it and then see so little return yeah. as a starting artist right quote unquote an artist can be as broad of a term as you want to make it right because that's a lot of stuff that goes into a two and a half minute Mm -hmm. final product and then it's like all right now to do it again (laughs) you know what i mean yeah just you keep doing it and then you know you start talking about albums and stuff exactly it's it's crazy and so that was part i think i got burnt out from that Mm -hmm. um and i'm still i'm i mean i still write songs here and there and stuff so it's not gone it's just it was just like, it's just not feasible for who I am as a person. Right. I guess if that makes sense. Or your current interests. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really important that you're you're being honest with yourself with it. Because it's like, if you would have put it as part of your identity and say, I am a rapper or an artist. Mm-hmm. And you force it, even though you're not super feeling it. Like, you right. could still do it if you really want to. Because, like, you still make music or right. still write. Right. And you forced it. That would require, or that, that would happen is... The, there's a cool quote I heard earlier today, but it's basically failure is an outside measure right. of someone of, of it trying to do something. So someone else says you failed, like you suck. Mm-hmm. Whereas quitting something is being honest enough with yourself to say, I'm not really in this. Right. And I think doing that, and at the very least, if it still moves you enough, like it is for you, it's still part of who you are. Just by the act of putting it on, off to the side, but not saying I'm not that anymore and closing mm-hmm. the door on it, you're letting it just ferment in some yeah. ways. Like, you know, it's like a like a good aged beer or something. Right. You're like yeah. waiting for the time to take it back out yeah. and enjoy it again. Yeah, I think about that every day. I'm like, man, I'm like, man, maybe I'll just maybe I'll just do one song. Maybe and then I'm like, nah, because nah, just Doesn't, I gotta focus on this. You yeah, know, exactly. On screenwriting and stuff. It's um, the never ending thing. What what to focus on, right? Yeah, yeah. As and, a creative person. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because I had always thought... So I guess when I was younger, I was into novels and stuff. I used to read a mm-hmm. lot more when I was younger. Um, but then I was like, oh, I want to write a book. You know what I mean? And then that turned into writing songs, and now that turned into writing movies. So I'd always thought... I mean, I guess you can just say from college on when I got into rapping, like mm-hmm. actually into it, I had always thought I would be try to become a rapper 
and then start getting into movies from that. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Because, like, the 90s was, like, that first wave of, like, rapper-turned-actor and shit. Like, yeah. Will Smith, Queen Latifah, Ice Cube. Yeah, it, just, it totally just hit yeah. me right there. I was yeah, like, oh, Ice yeah, T. that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. So I had always thought I would do it that way because I've always had a love, like, this deeper love for movies that wasn't surface level. Mm-hmm. Like, people be like, oh, that movie's awesome. Like, let's just... Currently, let's say John Wick, for instance, everybody loves John Wick. For some reason, I just can't. It, it doesn't <laughs> like it doesn't resonate, right? And so, if something doesn't really resonate, it may be enjoyable and entertaining, and that's completely fine. Yeah, but I like movies that I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I it makes you like, sit there and think, you're like, yeah, oh, there's more to this like, than just what you see on screen. Yeah, like they have something to say, something uh-huh. worthy of saying. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so I've always, I guess it took me a while to figure out what that was and why I was kind of like choosy. Like I never liked James Bond and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I never really knew why, but now I'm obviously now I understand it. Um, or now I'm more like, I would like to get into film and then go back into music. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just naturally. I feel like that's more of that benefits my character more mm-hmm. and just who I am. And I think that allows me to learn different ways of writing and stuff like that and just kind of coming full circle um yeah so it sounds like you've always had this fascination for written word and playing with words but then also translating words into a performance in general yep can you do you know where that comes from (laughs) Originally, no. So, okay, so I'll start two points. So, <laughs> my family has a running joke and it annoys the shit out of me. But Uh-oh. I guess when I was, like, young, like, I'm talking, like, five, five yeah. you know, or younger, um, I guess I was with, I don't even know who I was with. I don't remember it, but they always repeat it. But I was with some family member at some point. I think my sister was there. And someone had asked me, Jordan, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know what I mean? And I was <laughs> just <laughs> rambling shut off. You know what I mean? I was yeah. just like... I was like an archaeologist, an astronaut, <laughs> and then I said like a, a, the way I talked, I was like a writer, <laughs> like a writer. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then a whopper, but I'm not rapper. <laughs> but I said that when I was five. I don't even fucking. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't even know how you got those words. Yeah, it was like, but at at certain points, I wanted to be everything. You know what I mean? But until I learned, but I, it was always writing in there. You know, writing and rapping, and then yeah. kind of grew, and so. And then after that, when I got older for Mother's Day, I would always write my mom poems. Mm. Um, so it's weird when I thought back to that, and I'm like, oh, I guess I was I was rapping. You know what I mean? I was doing that when yeah. I was like eight. You know what I mean? I would write her poems instead of getting her a card mm-hmm. because I'm not picking the card out. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I mean, you you're like your family, like, how about this one? It's cute. Yeah. Okay, we'll get this one. You know right. what I mean? But then I was like, no, nah, I'll just write a poem. You know what I mean? And she loved mm-hmm. it. Um, so where it came from, I don't know because... I mean, my dad's into music. He's a musician. Mm-hmm. So the writing in that sense may have came from him, but there's no one really in my family that does any type of like writing in any other mm-hmm. capacity. You know what I mean? So where it came from, not exactly sure, but I've always had a love for like dialogue mm-hmm. and for intricate lyrics. So really, no matter what genre it is, as long as... I guess it goes back to what I was saying about the movies. As long as they're saying something. Yeah. I've always, like, that's resonated with me. And I've always been, like, I wish I could do that. Like, yeah. how, like, what would I have to do to be as good a writer as, like, a Tarantino? Or, right. Or, you know, and you know, or Jay-Z or something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because, like, these people say stuff and it's like, oh, what? Like, yeah. so I think one of the first lines that really caught my attention where I was like, holy fuck, someone wrote that. 
you know what? It's not even that crazy to these standards. But when I was younger, I was like, that just blew. I was like, like it just blew my mind. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it was nice. And the Illmatic, which is which is his first album he wrote when he was seventeen. Oh wow! Uh, released it was a couple years later, but it came out in ninety four. Um, I think it was either the first or second song, New York State of Mind. He had oh, a line wow. that said, um, the line, I forget the setup line, but he goes, I never sleep because sleep is a cousin of death. And I was like, at the time when I heard that, I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it was just crazy. And I was like, it's not even that crazy. Yeah. Um, but then like that blew me. But then going into his artistry more, I found the song called Rewind, which mm-hmm. you need to listen to. Because he tells a story backwards. What? In a song. And it's fucking That's sick. legit. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> like, he starts... It's just... it's. I don't even know how to explain it. Like, I, when I when I hear it, I'm like, how the fuck... Like, how hard was that? It's kind of like <laughs> Memento. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, thinking of that movie, when I saw that, I was like... so. When I first saw it, I was so confused. I was like, I have no idea what the fuck I just watched. Because I was like 13 or something. Right. So I went back and watched it, and I was like, that's how... <laughs> how do you write like do you write it like normal and then you just flip it or like you know what i mean yeah and make it make yeah, the logistics of it <laughs> yeah i'm like that's so tough so i've always wanted to do something like that but like that's legit the intricacies and stuff like that where you could be so talented in words that you can but like, i'm gonna write a song and tell you that i'm gonna tell the story from beginning to end and then it actually does go from end to beginning but it sounds like it's a chronological story moving forward it's weird like it makes sense that's forward, so but it's going backwards you know what i mean it's weird it's really weird <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean but it's so to me i think that's what fascinated me mm-hmm. and that's when i've been like yeah i want to be able to do that and with music it was always like i kind of fed into that competitiveness where i was like no i'm gonna be the best rapper mm-hmm. at least out of chicago like the best pure rapper i'm gonna have the best lines best punch lines best flows or whatever right whatever the yeah. best category is yeah until again that was like it's not about being the best like externally yeah you know what i mean it's about it was what i didn't realize is i just needed to be the best at the best version of myself i guess you Mm -hmm. know what i mean um and it honestly took me stepping away from it to realize that you know what i mean yeah because i think it's when you're really close to it and you're invested in it you can't see what it's really doing to you yeah from the from an external perspective and i can only imagine you know we all are approached by ideas and when we choose to take on these these endeavors and i'm going to call them endeavors for the sake of it is you know especially in the world of music it takes probably anywhere from five to ten years to get recognized and however many songs that are recorded or not Mm -hmm. before a overnight success becomes yeah you know (laughs) right (laughs) an overnight success takes 10 years yeah my favorite thing. <laughs> so stuff like that is, is kind of what I think about all the time. And this podcast is no different than any other right. thing like that or YouTube channel or pick, pick your thing, right? right? Pick whatever the fuck the thing it is that yeah. you feel like you want to do and dedicate your time to it. Just assume it's going to take you about five to 10 years before right. you get recognized for mm-hmm. doing something outside of, you know, if you, even if your family ever agrees with it or not. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, why do you waste your time with that thing? Yeah, because I love it. <laughs> or friends. You know I mean? Yeah, I just got lucky, and my friends want to do this yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah. We we do have very the good thing about which is weird, but good thing about being from where we are, like not only our friends, but even just this area. Yeah, people are really actually kind of 
supportive of stuff like yeah. that. It's weird. I didn't think that. I mean, you do have. I mean, obviously, you have. Your there people, are some people. Yeah, like here and there, but for the most, but like people still that I run into, like from high school and stuff, still run into me and say, "Hey, man, when's the new song? When's the album coming out? Yeah, when's the next performance? You know what I mean? Like, especially the people who've seen me perform. It's it's weird how. Like I don't know, I don't know if you feel that with the podcast too, but like I feel like people are there's really a lot supportive. of there's just a lot of positivity in yeah. general, and I'm like, what the hell? Yeah, like it's it's weird for me when people come out of the woodwork, like on Facebook or wherever, and then they shoot me a message and say, hey, I just listened to this episode of the podcast, it was awesome, and I'm like, I don't think I've ever talked to you before this, right? Or like not since high school was over, and mm-hmm. even then I didn't really talk to you, kind of right. thing, and you felt the need to like actually tell me something about this because it I'm like that's so cool like right. <laughs> you, it's just not many things in life where people feel the need to be like hey what you're doing is cool and I like took the time one to even listen to it and yeah. then I felt compelled to then provide some sort of feedback to you right it's crazy it it's still cool. blows me away <laughs> that's awesome it makes you feel good too it makes you feel like you're resonating with yeah people, and or you're you know? like in the right direction right so to speak right like um I won't say her name just because I don't have a permission right. to, um, but it wasn't, it's not anything bad. But uh, someone recently had reached out to me over over Facebook, but I didn't have Facebook. So then they hit me up on Instagram. They're like, hey, do you saw Facebook? <laughs> and I was like, no. They're like, oh, I, I thought you just ignored me. And I felt really awkward. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't, I don't have Facebook. And they're like, okay. So they sent, they copied and pasted it into a DM mm-hmm. and sent it to me. And long and short is they were like, um, you really motivated me to just go for the screenwriting thing. Cause they had had an interest in it too. And they were like, yeah. you know, um, like seeing you talk about it all the time and stuff. And then listening to your podcast that you did, I don't know exactly specifically which one I'm mm-hmm. thinking. I'm thinking it was the one we did with Joe. Cause I know oh, the creative of, process one probably. Yeah. I, I'm thinking it was that one. I'm not sure. Um, but they're like, yeah, I came across that podcast and listened to it. And they were like, you just really motivated me to say like, I can do this and to just go for it. Damn. And I was like, Holy fuck, that, that <laughs> is, like, that is what I want from any type of creative art, anything. It's, like, I want to, I want people to be, like, man, like, I can do this, too. You know what yeah. I mean? And, like, it's an inclusive thing. Oh, for um, sure. That's a 100%, you know, the best feeling I think you can get is just people, you, you're just filling a gap in someone. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, like, helping them fill that gap on their own. I feel like it's just, at the end of the day, it's just propping each other up. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of what I want to do with this in general is like finding other people who are like doing their own thing and being like, this is the thing I want to do, and maybe I may, like obviously it's not something bad. <laughs> Let's just say that for one thing. Right. But if it's like whatever, like they want to be a painter, an artist, or an actor, or whatever it is, it's kind of like saying like, hey, this person is doing something and they're following whatever it is inside them that moves them. Right. And they're trying to see it through and, you know, will it into being, so to speak. Right. And just be like, hey, this person, go, go, you know, see what they're all about. Right. And just do that. Because, like, I think in this, again, it's like that zero-sum game is, like, that doesn't exist anymore. It, do- it really doesn't. Like, if you can have people buy pet rocks on the internet. <laughs> is that real? Yeah. Oh fuck. Yeah, like this it was like a, it's been a thing for a long time. Like basically it's like you could if you could spend money on any stupid piece of shit in the world, like whatever. Yeah. You could spend a little bit of time and actually like pay it forward for someone who's actually doing something meaningful right. with their life. Right. Like they could instead of sitting, you know, whatever. Right. They're doing something productive. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's kind of what I always think about it is that's like, damn, 
fuck yeah, because it's like I feel fired up about it, and then when I hear other people doing their thing, I'm like, fuck yeah, even more, because yeah. <laughs> then we can just kind of just have this circle of like, at, you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. kind of thing. Obviously, with that reason. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. God, I feel like I have to disclaim some of the things yeah, I say nowad- Yeah, nowadays you have to. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would say... So that, so that's music. I would say for the writing part, mm-hmm. the screenwriting part, Yeah, I, I credit it to you, Joe, and Dante, to me hmm. realizing that I wanted to do that. Weirdly. Like, yeah. it was like you guys all had your point and like... <laughs> Whether you did something or said something specific, it was just like like slowly like the locks started turning, <laughs> and like the door opened, and I was like, "Holy shit, <laughs> that's what I," you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause you know, Joe, you and Joe read a lot, and I remember we had this conversation at Western um, when mm-hmm. you guys came and visit for visited for around the world. Um, we had this talk, craziest day ever. Yes, <laughs> but <laughs> as the day was getting crazy, before we left, we were talking. We talked about for like two hours about something. We t- yeah, we were talking about a lot of shit. We talked about politics for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then we kind of got into reading. And I remember I had said, I don't read as, and that was then, I read a lot more now, but I was like, mm-hmm. I don't read as much because I'd rather be the one who creates the material that yep. is read. And then I don't remember exactly what you guys said, but you guys were pretty much, this is how I remember it. You guys were pretty much were like, well, that's fucking stupid. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I guess that is stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I do remember the conversations because mm-hmm. basically what we, I, I remember my point was like, the point of reading is to be able to synthesize others' ideas and then layer that on top of what you already know. Right, And yeah. it's just taking what was already, you know, it's like p- someone taking what was already paved and then you just take the road and push it, right. you know, another foot down the line. Right. Yeah, that's. I think that's exactly what you said. Yeah, <laughs> like more, or less. Or, more or less. Yeah, I, I summed it up probably way better than because we were drinking and yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a little drunk at that point. But <laughs> like I've always remembered that conversation and been like, huh. And then you know, moving forward, you guys, you know, moving into the podcast and stuff and just mm-hmm. working more. And I was like, I was like, there's something I could be doing outside of music that because like, I saw how it was resonating with you guys. Like mm-hmm. I saw it before it really formed. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? I was like, this is like really resonating. Even with me, I was like, this is fucking awesome. You know yeah. I mean? <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, I need to get that feeling back from when I first started music. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I had it, I was like, I need, I need it again. Like the in the zone. Right. And then you know it came. And then Joe working on his story. And then I, me bouncing ideas like, yeah, I want to do something. I don't know what. I don't know if I want to write a book. That's not really. And he was like, he had said, well, why don't you do a screenplay? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Like, there was like that point where he just like stopped you mid-sentence. Like, yeah. why don't you just, it sounds like a screenplay. Yeah. Just do it. And then I remember <laughs> I was like, no, I don't want to do a screenplay. <laughs> I remember saying, I don't want to do a screenplay. Yeah. And then I had talked to Dante. He, Dante had hit me up one time and had asked me questions. He was working on some story. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still is. I should reach out to him about that. But he was yeah, working on dope. some story and was like, yeah, you know, I just want to get your opinion on this. And I was like, maybe I should just make a story and just make it a screenplay like Joe said. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then it kind of just, I mean, it wasn't that ABC, but you know what I mean? Right. It kind of formed like that. So I always credit you three for getting me into it. And then, and then being like, well, I can't just write a screenplay. I need to figure out what a story is. Mm-hmm. And then you being how curious you are, you know what I, mean? <laughs> I was like, well, I guess let me just go get any fucking story <laughs> book about stories. And so that's how I got the Art of Dramatic Writing mm-hmm. and John Truby's um, Lessons of a Screen. Well, uh, what's it called? John Truby, Anatomy of a um, Story. Anatomy of a Story. Yep. Thank you. Um, and there's like three other ones that are lesser known, but there's still a couple more I have to buy. Uh, Stephen King has one that's called, I think it's just called Story. 
Mm. Um, okay. where, and I really want to read that one, but he just breaks down what a story is to him. And there's yeah. so much that you don't really realize goes into a story that is, but like when you realize it, you see it in yeah. every story, especially if you watch like any of the uh, Marvel movies. I'm not really? into the poster, <laughs> but, um, but like those perfect, are so, perfect jogging of memory right there. Yeah, yeah right. But those are so um, like structured, like mm-hmm. really well. No. Oh yeah, you can tell. Like you could take the storyboard and be like, oh, I know exactly what the outline is for these yeah, movies. Literally, you can. It's like three act structure, every single one, and it's like that's act one, that's act two, that's act three. And boom. the crazy thing is, they planned this thing out over like twelve years. Yeah, it's since Iron Man one. Yeah, it's that to me is the most impressive about those movies. It's like this was a huge this the scale of this is yeah it's the scale that yeah. makes it like yeah it's an, and it's still going away. it's not even over yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? right like, <laughs> like this chapter is over right yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so crazy apparently i don't know if this is true someone brought up they're gonna they're making they're gonna re-release uh endgame with like i guess like the director's cut or something weird it's gonna go in theaters to be all been longer yeah <laughs> apparently i don't know if i had never i never I don't heard know. anything about it i haven't heard anything about it yeah but that'd be sick that'd be crazy yeah. That movie was intense. It was, man. It was. It was so fuck. We need to talk about Game of Thrones. Sorry. I'm yeah, just, we still do. Like, we might be past our yeah, like, usable limit on yeah. it now, but we still have to talk about it. Yeah, because fuck. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they did a really good job. There are some things that I was like, oh, I don't understand that. But it's like so easy to look over just because mm-hmm. of one, the scale and like. And because it's so mainstream, right? Like you yeah. can just. Put, like wave your hand away eh, it's just yeah, marvel like yeah, what nostalgic and like they yeah. had all that stuff so i'm like okay the one point where i guess is past spoiler now if you haven't seen too it, late yeah. okay people <laughs> yeah but like <laughs> captain marvel had really no big point in it yeah no like they they like set her up for being like this awesome badass which she was in her standalone movie mm-hmm. and she's like op as hell yeah but yeah she kind of showed up twice yeah and that was it in Endgame, I was like, okay, I guess. Yeah. I was like, well, I thought she was going to have more of a point. I mean, I guess she did save Tony Stark, so maybe that was her point, but... But still. Yeah, I was like, that was a little... I thought she was going to go crazy. You know, right. I, thought like, was I expected like, to do something like, you know, yeah. game-breaking. Yeah. <laughs> For lack of a better term. Yeah, but... Oh, well, it was still good. It still yeah, was it was good. good. I think it was a good ending. Yeah. It was no uh, Game of Thrones ending, let's just say that. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm still sick. I know. We know. We what we should do. We should just like record this and then just post it as soon as we're done with it. Yeah. And then just get it out. <laughs> yeah. We keep talking about it. I know. It's like, man, people keep talking to me about it, <laughs> and like some people really liked it. That's what and I heard I was too. Like, how? I, how? What? What? Part, <laughs> like, what? What part of it did you like? I don't. I okay. Don't. Let's just take the tangent right now and just yeah, because <laughs> it's it's there. <laughs> you know it's here. I mean? We're talking about your creative process, so we can just yeah let you go off on yeah, it. Yeah, it's like, and I don't like to sound like a snob. You know what I mean? And I, I definitely don't know everything, but like, fuck, man. There's no way. There's no way you can go through what ten years, if not more, at least ten years of a show that's like so expertly done and they're so thorough, and you get to know the characters like you actually know them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then put that out, <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. then say they did a good job. There's no, there's no way. And I don't know what went wrong. Like if it was lo- like the logistics, if it was money, if it was just they were burnt out on the story. I don't know what point because you kind of hear all that. Yeah, you that. hear all these different theories and yeah. rumors thrown around now at this point. Yeah, and I'm like, 
I don't give a shit what the reason was. You know what I mean? It's just don't you know put I mean? shit like that out. I'm like, if you're burnt out, give the story to someone else. You know what I mean? Give it to a fresh writer who's mm-hmm. invested in it and they know the ins and outs. And you're like, here, man, finish this out. I want to go do Star Wars. That's yeah. what they're doing. I don't want to do this anymore. Fine, dude. That's that's perfectly fine. But don't short out the viewer, the fans who have invested ten time, years. You know what I mean? Of time. Yeah. <laughs> To see this big crescendo of an ending and then give us like snaps, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's like it was not a go out with a bang. It was going with a eh. yeah, like a spark. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean, like it, <laughs> it's not even that I disagree with how it ended. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I guess this is long enough to give spoilers, right? Spoiler Probably. alert! Spoiler alert! Stop watching if you haven't seen it and if you plan to. Okay, if you're there yeah, is. if you didn't list watch it at this point, you don't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. but just in case, you know, just skip over this next part, but. How Danny switched. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm fine with that. But I necess- I wouldn't have wrote it if I was writing it. I wouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. But that's fine for an ending. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. They did build. They did kind of. They did as much the as they seed. could to build it. Yeah. Like, they planted the seed before. My thing is I thought it was just too obvious. I thought it was so in your face that it was like, oh, the mad queen. Yeah. I thought it was so, like. In- well, we knew you could tell by what, like, episode two, three, yeah, that like- it was like. You can see the the tensions yeah. already pulling the seams yeah. apart. Like, like literally, they were saying that yeah from episode two. Like no, she's gonna do this. She's gonna do that. So I'm like, it was too in your face for me to think that's what they were gonna do. But regardless, and Game of Thrones never does things in your face. Right. Not really. Right. That's why I thought they're not gonna do it. So maybe that was their intent. They were mm-hmm. like, we'll put it so in their face that they think we won't do it, but then we're gonna do it, and that's the twist. Like oh cool, fucking M Night Shyamalan. But <laughs> like, <laughs> like it was just that was good. Like with how with how it was executed mm-hmm. where it's just like they're gonna ring the bell the bell rings and she just looks and then it's like yeah fuck it i yeah. was just like that's yeah that, get. i thought that was weird it was too snap it's like it, that's the well there was the no trigger right like yeah. everything was like in that scene that is the point where she has she's the, like making a character decision either yeah. she's either she's honorable and holds true to right. the word right like if the enemy surrenders right you win right but then she had to make a character call because it became personal mm-hmm. at that point. Because it's like, well, she's the one who decided to make this personal, so therefore yeah. I'm going to end this. Right. But in in that choice, she takes it out on innocent people. Right. And that felt... That, I think that's what feels out of character because it's yeah. too far. Yeah. Kids and stuff. Yeah. Like, it was like, where did... There was nothing like, that Like, where was that necessary? Right. Like, where was that necessary? And where did they give any kind of hint that she would be willing to do something like that? Like, mm-hmm. for me, they needed seasons before or whenever. Whenever they decided it was necessary. They needed to show her before not care for a child's life or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I guess people were like, well, yeah, I remember in whatever that city was. And she's like, I'm just going to kill all the slavers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah. One, she didn't do it. Two she like it was they you know they were too evil you know what i mean like mm-hmm. those people who she was talking about were too evil right they're they're morally black right like you could easily say of course they of course they need to die right but like these people literally like it wasn't even like cersei she didn't know where cersei was cersei was in the keep and she's so pulling in civilians so that she's like well if she decides to kill everything right so i was like what it just it, mm-hmm. t- it made no that part made no sense to me, and I'm like, it was too. It's like forcing a hand, you know. It's like yeah. I'm gonna go all in because I want to go all in. Yeah, and it's like, and we don't have time to ex- like to 
do it how we would have done it seasons mm-hmm. before. You know what I mean? And I tell everyone, I'm like, if that if they would have done the first season in the same vein that they did this last season, no one would watch it. Right? Would you have kept watching it? And no people way. Are like people, yeah, I would. No, the fuck, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. Because you wouldn't even hear about it from your friends. Right. Your it's friends like, would be like, oh yeah, that's so stupid. Yeah, Don't even worry. Don't waste your time. Yeah, it would be like a whole bunch of shit just like. This last season was like this happens and then this happens and then this happens and then this happens. It wasn't this happens, therefore this happens, therefore this happens. You know yeah. what I mean? There's no like the there's no yes and. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like let's just make some shit happen. And like to me, it seemed like they ended that season in three episodes. Yeah. Because there was a whole bunch that didn't fucking matter. There were scenes in there that were just in there. Well it's you like I mean? to me too, is like when you have a character like Jon Snow, who's supposed to be some other prodigal prodigal son yeah. type character and for all intents and purposes probably has the best moral compass out of any character yeah. in the show he's like the archetypal yeah he's you know, the the hero, hero of the story yeah. quote unquote um and then you kill him in one season he comes back for no reason right that you can explain right he comes back and his whole purpose is eh yeah, there is. Like what? Yeah, he had no point. He had no point because Arya kills the Night King. Mm-hmm. He kills Daenerys because he's supposed to. Right. Kind of. <laughs> and then he gets thrown in jail and then he goes back to the Night Watch like yeah. nothing ever happened. Yep. The way I thought of it, I'm like, if Jon Snow would have died, would how much different would the ending have been? Right. If he, like, If they didn't bring him back, how much different would it have been? Daenerys takes over. Right. Maybe. Or someone else kills her. You yeah. Know I mean, um, so, I mean, there's arguments to be made that he was necessary because, like, he found love with her, so she trusted him more than anyone else, which right. I thought was forced. I didn't it like, felt very forced. Yeah, I didn't like that from the start. When they first had their romance, I was like, ah, like, of course they do. You know what I mean? I just yeah. thought it was so, like, it seemed like she didn't really care about that kind of thing. No, because she and, said she would never have, like, another husband or something like that after, right. uh, Dro- uh, Drogo. Drogo. Yeah. yeah. And then, so she meets them and they, <laughs> it's like they were forcing a sexual tension. And like Ben pointed out, he's like, look how they look at each other. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> I was like, don't give me that shit. Like, that's so cheap. Like, don't give me that. But I was just like, whatever. You know what? I was still so hyped from past seasons that I was like, you just look over yeah, it. Yeah. That was like, okay, it's fine. Like, it's not that bad. But like, I mean, if you look. Because you can like wave it away. Yeah, it's like, okay, they fall in love. They're the, they're the two, you know, most powerful people. You know, they right. both have this similar story. Mm-hmm. They're both, you know, respective leaders or they're both other people, whatever. Like, right. you could. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Like, they're the, the most similar. Yeah, so it's like, okay, we're going to make them fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, I guess, dude. Like, you know, not to me, not necessary, but whatever. I guess it's necessary because it's like, well, she loves him, so that's why she, like, after she goes crazy, then she's like, yeah, man, like, John, we're going to do this. And he's like, nah, bitch. And, like, oh, sorry, I never say that word, but like, nah, I don't like that. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to think, like, I never say that word, yeah, but like, I know. I'm trying to think of how, like, stupid they sounded in the room. Yeah, for the, like, the storyboarding or yeah, conceptual yeah. meeting on this. And I'm like, it just made, it was just too forced. Like, everything mm-hmm. was too convenient. Like, it was too, like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the, the other part, too, is, like, Arya's thing. So I didn't real. it didn't even connect for me until after it was over. But Arya becomes this master swordswoman. Yep. Random as hell. Yeah. Because, like, the last time you saw her, she was, like, master assassin. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she's fighting White Walkers with this crazy spear thing. 
Like, with what fucking time well, is she training? So the spear made sense because the spear resembled what from she the beginning, used. right? Yeah, well, it resembled what she used when she was training when she was blind. Remember, she was doing all the fights, so mm. that made sense to me. I, was I like, just don't, I just don't see how like you don't see anything of this stuff. Yeah, like hinting that she's good, at, other than her little fight with Brienne. Yeah, it was it was quick. It was like she disappeared and she killed that. That, whoever that girl was. Yeah, she did, and she assassinated one of the other guys. I yeah. can't remember his name. The old dude with soup. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I forget his name, but whatever. But, like, so they they did it. They showed her growth, and then it was kind of like, all right, you just take it for granted that it was like, okay, Yeah, it's like the, a there's a lot of just assumptions. Yeah, which yeah. I was, fi- in the grand scheme, I would have been fine with it, but, again, convenience, where it's like, yeah, Arya's going to kill the Night King. Like, why? Like, what? Why? Yeah, I don't know. Like, what does she have to do with that battle at all? Especially like, she kind of just conveniently was like, hey, I'm back. Yeah, like, she flies out of nowhere. Yeah, like, nothing brought her back to Winterfell. Like, not, like She went there on her own. Right, but, like, John didn't bring her back. Like, she was just like, hey, John. You know what I mean? It was yeah. just, it was so much convenience that was like, well, like, they, they tried to, I felt like they tried to, like, ride everything on the fact that they did stuff before so well that they were like, well, we already set that up. And it was like, yeah, I'm not saying there wasn't stuff put in place, like seeds planted, that mm-hmm. it was like, you can just explain yourself later. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, the execution of the plant from the seed was so, it was like a dandelion. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, it was just... It was, like, weird, too, for me, because, like, they had this thing, you know, this Night King guy, who never said a word. He just looked yeah. menacing on camera when he evil was on camera. evil. And they, they beat him, and it's just like, what, what was the point of all of that? Right, like a whole. <laughs> you fight the undead army and you win. Yeah, ta-da! They needed more episodes, man. They ne- they really did. I was like, you can't have built this whole battle up for a whole show. I also personally think that they should have restructured it. They should have dealt with Cersei, then then the night, then the night king, because that that feels more like a real ending. Yeah. I think that everyone thought that was the real enemy because they kept, they literally said that's the real enemy. You right. Know what I mean? Like, we're trying not to, you know, we need to fight the, you know, the undead, not the other living. Right. It's, oh God, it was so, it was just <sighs> I'm exasperated. Yeah. It was just, everything <laughs> was just convenient. Like, what's his name? Freaking uh, uh, Jamie gets stabbed, like, <laughs> fatal wounds. And it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and he walks walk. away. I'm gonna go find Cersei real quick. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, dude. Yeah. Fine. Go fucking walk douche, the whole red. Douche Lord. I can't remember his name. He's like, I'm the one who killed Jamie yeah. Lannister. <laughs> He's like, bleeding out. Yeah, like, actually, no, you weren't. His character sucked too. I hated the writing he, for him. I he was just annoyed the shit out of me. Yeah. He was like, so I don't like in in general. I don't like in shows when they keep adding new characters, like, mm-hmm. especially when it's getting towards the end mm-hmm. and you keep adding new antagonists and new antagonists. And it's like, okay, dude, we already have the setting, like either bring him in earlier or just like, let's kind of wrap up what we, he kind of came in really late. Yeah. And he was like, like it was six, maybe. Yeah. Like his airtime, if you put it together, cause you know, they split it up. Like yeah. his airtime was probably total of like 45 minutes. If that, you know, yeah, I mean, he didn't have minutes. a huge part yeah. except toward the end, just being like, yeah. And then like the other, the other gray joys weren't even, I mean, I know Theon died, but like, I, the other uh his sister and stuff wasn't even there i was just like it's so like what what was his overall point to kill a dragon and wound jamie but that's not even what killed jamie like what was the point of that fight like that jamie's last challenge to get to cersei i guess yeah but like (laughs) i man that's i mean that's me explaining it it feels really right half-baked to explain that like if (laughs) 
I don't know. I just feel like everything was so... Like, I feel like they were at the point where they knew how big they were, and they wanted to be, like, outstanding. Like, they like this, like, this, the cinematography was great. You know what I mean? They did a mm-hmm. great job. Special effects were awesome, but... Could there be, um... And this is just kind of, like, devil's advocate. Could the show have gotten so hyped that no matter what happened, it wasn't going to be good enough? I mean, maybe that's what I feel. Maybe, but because part of me think is like leaning on that a little bit. It's because like no matter what direction, it's like there's just so much writing on this right. sh- last six episodes that. But I mean, we can look to Endgame and like Breaking yeah, Bad true. shows that were super hyped. Breaking Bad, and they ended. I mean, some people I don't like how it ended. Why it ended? Per, it ended as it should. I mean, it just you know ended. I mean? Yeah, like I don't what, think it ended badly. It yeah, just ended. Yeah, it was like what? What would you have liked to happen? Walt should have lived and kept going. No, that wasn't his character. Like, I don't think it would. I don't think it would have made sense. Yeah, he had his change when he was like, I'm like, he knew he was done. He had one last thing to do. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. was like it. It all made sense. The ending to me was the perfect. We have to ending. talk about that show yeah. separately. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, even Endgame was like, I feel like Endgame was way more massive than Game of Thrones was in its own right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not to say Game of Thrones wasn't crazy huge. Right. But just Endgame was like this worldwide phenomenon built and over interweaving storylines. Yeah. yeah. How many characters? Like, I don't even know off the top of my head. Like if you talk about scale of like how big keeping something a, was. Keeping a cohesive narrative between stories and arcs and. Yeah. Like I feel like as of yet, nothing's going to beat that you know the end game no so that level it, of gymnastics is crazy yeah so like it could have been done and i feel like again i'm not saying the way it ended is bad like i don't disagree with daenerys turning necessarily i don't mm-hmm. disagree with john going back to the north i never wanted john to be king i was saying i was like that'll be a cheap ending because yeah of course you know what i mean well yeah i mean that's too telegraph too right, right? <laughs> right so i was like don't do that you like don't i was like whatever you do don't do that so i wanted it to be a surprise but like my biggest thing, it was they screwed themselves on trying to do it fast. You know what yeah, I mean? I totally agree. Yeah. They, they like, there's episode, like, the first episode, I feel like they should have just got right into it. You know what I mean? Just, if you want to do it short, that first episode, you know, get into the... The, the, the splintering of the everything. Long, yeah, or the long, whatever it's called, the long night. Yeah. Or the battle for Winterfell. Get into that in that first episode. Second, that whole second episode should have been the battle. And then kind of wrap it up in the third. Like, that should have been a three-episode thing. Mm-hmm. If they wanted to keep it six. A three-episode thing. And then, you know what I mean? I just... I mean, even mapping this out, I don't think it still fits in six episodes. Because in the next episode, they'd have to go to King's Landing again. And I feel like that battle should have started, too. Mm-hmm. Or more tension. It was just too much in between that didn't make sense. Like, it was cool to see, like... So when Tyrion was in the basement and they were drinking and yeah. they were having their talk and, and then the like, she got knighted, like that was mm-hmm. super dope. But I'm like, with everything else at stake right now, honestly, I don't care because I know I only have four episodes left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like, yeah, you, does this really pertinent to the story? Like it could have right. been part of the epilogue stuff of right. like, yeah, after like wrapping, wrapping up everything. Up. Yeah. yeah. And then like that whole scene where they get it on and then he's just like, I'm going back to Cersei. I'm like, oh, well, what was the point of that? <laughs> I'm like, and yeah, maybe, they shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, maybe I'm not getting it, which is a fair too. Like, maybe I'm missing something. Yeah, I mean, it's like you were in the writer's room, right, to figure out the actual explanations, right? But it was just too short. So, if they would have added two episodes, maybe three, or kept it ten episodes, like they, I think every other season has been. I think except the season before, it might have been yeah seven. Yeah. I think I think they would have been fine. Just add more. They would have yeah. more time to kind of flush stuff out, and I think it would have been fine. God damn it! 
No, they wanted to rush it. Yeah, you can't rush. I guess that's a testament to say you can't rush like artistry or anything. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's ready when it's ready, right? Yeah, like, <laughs> dude. Even even if we had to wait another two years, I would have waited. I, yeah, I think sure. almost anyone would have waited. Yeah. With how big that show was, right? Didn't we have to wait a year and a half for one of the seasons? I think for this one, I think it was like two years almost. Yeah, so close to it. I don't know. I mean, it kind of it, it goes to show too what we were just talking about about music. If we're gonna let's wrap this yeah, right. <laughs> wrap this back in, you know, yeah. f- for a two two and a half minute song, you it takes you I don't know. Could you could you ballpark it for oh, your your stuff? I mean, if you're solely doing the song, like if you, and there's no other ex like external things like life and stuff like right. that. If it's just yeah, the if song. you if you're just trying to ballpark how much time you had to actually put into yeah, getting yeah. a song done from start to finish, I would probably say like. Uh, like at least half a day for one song, if that's all you're doing in twelve yeah. hours. Like you're not doing. Yeah, anything if you're else. like, <laughs> like you you're, you're taking. Yeah, you're taking. So you got twelve hours of work. Yeah, for one song, two and a half minutes of yeah. a- a- re- listenable material. Right. Now, to wrap wrap this back into Game of Thrones, you're talking about an hour and twenty minutes, and that's teams of people, yeah. <laughs> and they got to produce this thing, six episodes. All an hour and a half each. So basically, it was probably what just over six hours. Let's just say seven hours yeah. total. Yeah, of real content at the end, like yeah. produced content. Yeah. And so you're looking at probably a hundred times manpower. Whatever, yeah. probably maybe a thousand. Yeah. However many people are on the team working mm-hmm. eight hour days or yeah. more. <laughs> so yeah, it's just the 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 whole idea about craft and just how much time and people it takes to make anything, and then to make anything good. Or polished, right? It's just mind-boggling. Yeah, and anyone can be an armchair, armchair quarterback. That's too. yeah, that's true. I know we, <laughs> in we, hindsight, we're hating, right? we're hating hard right now, which is you know. That's why I'm trying to bring it back a little bit and be yeah. like, let's just let's just roll it back into the creative process here. Like, right? What they did is still pretty ridiculous. Oh, it's still outstanding. Yeah, you know? it's still, and I say it's still a great show. You know what I mean? Even though, and people are like, I don't know if I want to watch it anymore. And I'm like, no, 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 still watch it for sure. Still watch it. It's still just forget the, that last season if yeah, you really wanted to. It's still one of the best or shows. watch the first three episodes and then just say it's over. <laughs> yeah, <'cause, laughs> like, yeah, I mean, yeah, just stop watching after that. Yeah, <laughs> who cares about Cersei? Because that's basically what they did. Who cares about Cersei? We'll just bury her under some rocks. <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, no, it's still a great show. It's still to me a top five show, and the writing was, you know, it's still to their a good credit, book. Amazing. From translation from book to movie or book to TV show, I guess, yeah, is probably one of the best. Yeah, out there, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. So still watch it, hundred percent. Watch the last season too, just so you can see how it ends. Just take it and just don't like understand that it should have been longer. Just yeah, put it that way. It's a good point. Yeah. Any other things? It's already just over an hour, so no. it's basically almost time for food our, yeah. our our second favorite pastime yeah. Uh, yeah, now we gotta go eat so yeah um that's another one of my loves yeah i know <laughs> but this yeah. is a fun one yes yeah, good all right people peace till next time i want to take a quick second and talk about how you can support our show I believe this is the most honest way that I can connect with you, the listener, and put it in front of everyone. You can support our show for as little as 99 cents a month. We release four podcasts a month, all at an average length of about an hour. That means you are supporting us at just 25 cents an hour. That's that's cheaper than the dollar menu. I think it's safe to say that we provide more value than that. And if you learn anything from our content, please consider becoming a supporter today with the link in the description 
of any episode or on the website at feedingcuriosity.net. And with that, thanks for listening and please enjoy the show. You just listened to an episode of Feeding Curiosity. Thank you all for listening and tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a like, subscribe, go check out the website over at feedingcuriosity.net and all the other things that we're doing there. And once again, thank you all for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.